Hi, and welcome back to From Tits to Toes. I am Dr. Michaela Rush, an OBGYN. And I am Dr. Ann Sharkey, a podiatrist. We are having so much fun creating all of these new episodes for you, and so glad that you've tuned in. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah, we have an exciting episode this week, and um, I think a lot a lot has happened since I saw you last time. <laughs> I know, so, so much. Um, the Pregnancy Do's and Don'ts episode is a big hit, even among my friends who have already finished having babies. They're like, oh, I didn't even know some of that, which I'm like, yeah, me too. Well, I know I, I have had comments from people who've watched it that I didn't expect, or not watched it, listened to it, but yeah, you know, that I didn't expect to listen to it. So I, yeah, I'm just... It, I think it surprised both of us. We <laughs> thought the sex door was going to be like the ultimate hit, and now Pregnancy Do's and Don'ts is... is um, really being well received so we appreciate all the comments we'll have to do more pregnancy themed ones absolutely yeah i think a lot of people want to hear about um like nausea and different treatments and uh, yeah there's a lot there's a lot to cover so we'll definitely dive into that a little bit more yeah all right so <laughs> i want to play this so your doc so i have to tell everybody so when we were recording like a week or two ago uh, we were in, you know, you were in your office, I think, recording. and Yeah, I, yeah, we did it, like, right after I got her to bed. Yeah, so Meredith, your daughter Meredith, was already supposed to be in bed, and we were recording, and then while we were sitting there, I got this message on, I got a text. Oh, what yeah, you, you were like, are you texting me? I know, and I was like, what is this? And I was like, it was a voice message text, and then you're like, no, I'm not texting me what are you talking about and I listened to it and it was from your daughter from the other room while we were recording a podcast she was unbeknownst to me yeah she had my ipad and apparently she she doesn't really know how to type out all of the words but she has figured out how to send whoever she wants to speak to voice messages but I didn't know she went through my contact list and just sent people messages (laughs) so I want to play the message because it is the cutest message ever she has the cutest little voice Okay, I'm going to play it from the beginning. Let's see if you can hear it. Hi, Miss Michaela. Is that your name? Miss <laughs> Michaela Rush. It's me, Anne's daughter. Me with Anne Shanky. <laughs> Remember me? I was on the podcast for a little bit. <laughs> You're so cute. I really want to meet your boys and see your honey farm. Or your bee farm, if that's what you call it. Mm-hmm. You know you will be famous. Of course you do. You run it. <laughs> you do living. Do you do your doctor work or do you do the be fine mostly? No, and it cuts her off. It was like the cutest message I've ever had. Oh my gosh, I like it. Do you do your doctor work or you be farmer? <laughs> your honey farm. Aww. Honey farm. <laughs> Girl, we'll have to we'll have to take her to see the honeybees sometimes. She'll, she'll love it. Oh my gosh! You, and we have to put her in one of the bee suits. We have the little. Yeah, she'll wear it. Yeah, she's done it before. She'll do it. So cute! Uh, I can't wait. Aww. Be we have to save that save that message for eternity. Now it's on the podcast. So we'll now it's on the podcast. Yeah, it's saved forever now. Saved for eternity. Cute little voice. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you do this weekend? So, we didn't do a whole lot. We just kind of hung around and... Uh, Super Bowl, right? You, well, you Super Bowl was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, Super Bowl was last night. So, that one was... Uh, that was good. 
I made, I was very domestic. I made <laughs> lots of cookies and I made the little taco bites. Yeah, the picture of those taco bites that you sent me looked delicious. They were pretty good, yeah. They, they were pretty good. They turned out pretty, they were pretty easy. So I'm gonna have to keep that recipe for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think I sat down and watched like 10 minutes in the Super Bowl and then I was like, all right, I'm bored. This is, I'm out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I've been eating a lot of Girl Scout cookies. Uh, me too. What's your favorite ones? So, well, I like the classic. So I'm a Samoa person. They don't call them Samoas though, right? What do they call them now? Uh, I think it's very geographical. Cam- when, caramel. We call, them, we call them Caramel Delights. Yeah, Caramel Delights or something. They used to be Samoas, but mm-hmm. those were my favorite. And then Thin Mints are always a good one. Have um, you tried the um, the girl the um, s'mores? Oh yeah, my my kids like the s'mores. So good. This is the last year for the s'mores. I'm is really, no. I'm a little bit sad. Yeah, the Girl Scouts oh. are discontinuing the s'mores. Oh. Okay, I might have to buy some more of those because I didn't realize we've already eaten our box. So I should probably get more. Yeah, of I have those. no idea why, but we ran into a Girl Scout this weekend and we were buying some, and they were like, "Oh, they're going to be discontinued after this year." So I was a bit bummed. I only bought two boxes of those. I think I might. Oh eat. man, well I'll get some more now because I. Didn't know that it written discontinued. No, hey, Girl Scouts, hit me up. Hit me up. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna have to stock up my freezer full of Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, um, we tried the new one. What was it? Toast Yay? Or oh yeah, the French toast or it's something. Like a French toast version or something. Okay, they were way bigger than I was expecting. Have you seen it? Did you eat it? Uh uh-uh. uh I heard someone tell me it was like akin to a cinnamon toast crunch in a cookie. It kind of is, but they're bigger than I thought. I mean, it's like fits in the palm of your hand. And oh, so the what do you think it's like the size of the s'mores cookie? The s'mores pretty big too. That big square. Than that, I think. Oh, whoa. yeah. So it's like you only need one. So when the kids want one, if they want that, I'm like, okay, you only get one. You don't get two yeah. of those. But it's bigger. So the package is only a single row because they're so big. So they only have a single okay. row of those. Kind of like the s'mores ones, where I guess they're bigger. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. We were we were like discussing this uh, this weekend too. And you're like, when you get thin mints in a box, you get like forty cookies. Yeah, and then there's little the ones. Other, yeah, all the other cookies are um, are larger. Well, then then there's this interesting question: Do you keep your thin mints in the freezer? I have done that before, but not all the time. Right now, they're in my freezer. Are, are like devoted to Thin Mints in the freezer. I mean, I don't know. I can eat them anyway, which way. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, no, I think they're good either way, really. But but I have to make a comment for all the Girl Scout in America or whoever's making these cookies. Like, why can't we have a resealable container? Why? Uh, yeah, because I got to get a Ziploc bag out every time I open one right? and shove them in there. Or, or you just got to eat them all, like, within a day or two <laughs> in one sitting. <laughs> the dilemma is real. The dilemma is real. Right? No, it's for real. I mean, they're going to go bad, so you kind of have to eat them, like, right away. But yeah, they, you can't, can't they make a resealable one, like the Oreos package or Figs Newton? Oh, yeah, the little, like, um, plastic top. That would yeah, but it sticks down. Don't make me ruin them. I, you know, I got to eat them all right away or try to fit them into a Ziploc bag. Or you have to dump them into a bag and then it's not in the original package, which I don't like. Then they can get crushed or something. Right. Yeah, good call. Resealable. They're not, they're not uh, you know, protected in their little plastic tray. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I have a request for Girl Scouts of America. <laughs> I was, I was pleased with the, um, the onset of the pandemic bringing about online ordering of Girl Scout cookies. I'm like, dang, this is easy. I can just click and order and they'll deliver them to my house. I mean, of course I buy them if I'm out and about, but I did buy some from someone online, which is great. Yeah, we have them in our neighborhood, so we just 
text and no one's came by our door yet yeah we text venmo and then you know they just deliver them to mass so it's amazing right awesome unfortunately yeah it's probably not (laughs) probably a bad thing but candy girl scout cookies and easter candy's already in the store too i'm like oh goodness we're in trouble i know we're still eating off of halloween candy yeah we still have some too i think it's time to dump it i need to just dump it and not tell them and it's getting bad. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. The gross stuff is. Now they're gonna have I Valentine even... candy, and it's gonna. They have Valentine candy in those little bags and parties from their school. Oh yeah, from and school. And then we have the uh, Easter candy coming up. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, we gotta get it's rid always... of the Halloween candy. <laughs> Gone. Oh. Do you do, do your, or do you do anything with your husband for Valentine's Day? Uh, well, this year I'm on I'm on call this weekend. Okay. So Valentine's babies. Yes, we'll see if there's any Valentine babies. But yes, I'm on call all weekend, so I have no plans specifically for Valentine's this weekend. But we did make plans for the following weekend. We're going to do um, just a, a date weekend in Fredericksburg. Oh, cool. Fun. Yeah. I bet that's a really cool place to do a, a date weekend. Yeah, so we're going to, we're staying at a place, a couple, we're staying Friday night and Saturday night up in yeah. Fredericksburg. And then I think we're going to probably go hiking, like Enchanted Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make a reservation. Oh, I guess I should do that. I didn't know. I think you just can't just go hiking. No, the state, the parking is limited or something. So you have to make a reservation for an entry time to get into it in Chandler Rock. Good so definitely, yeah, look that yeah. up. And then um, what else was super cool that I was going to say? Ah, like evaporated from my mind. Well, we're going to go to a spa as well in the afternoon. And then... Dinner. Oh, the hot air balloon festival. There's supposed to be a hot air balloon festival in Fredericksburg. It's coming up soon. Oh, one of these that. weekends. Maybe it'll be there when you're there. Ooh, maybe. Which, I, I actually, I, like, I think the coolest part about those festivals is at night, if it's not too windy, when they put the balloons up, but then they illuminate them yeah. from the inside. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be really cool. I've never seen it, but um, the New Mexico is on my bucket list. Yeah, no, I haven't seen the Fredericksburg one. I'd have to check it out. I have to look up the dates of that. I don't know. Yeah, so check it out. I don't know. What do you do for Valentine's? Are you doing anything this weekend for Valentine's? Yeah, no, I think we'll probably cook dinner at home. Um, We're just we're not huge restaurant people all the time, and I feel like all we've been doing is eating food, Super Bowl, and all the things. I'm like, let me eat healthy food at home. (laughs) And Um, about cookies. And Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, we have plenty, plenty of food. Um, so I think I'm going to cook something at home. And there's a Tumble Tech in Cedar Park. They have, this is like a secret. I shouldn't even let it out. But on Saturday nights, they have, forget what they call it, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and for $25 or something, you drop your child off for four hours and they feed them pizza and they exhaust them and then you pick them up. So it's the best babysitter in the world. Um, so we're going to do that. We're going to drop her off at yeah. Tumble Tech and then we'll figure out what we do after that. No, my kids love it there. They love that. So they yeah. keep asking you to go back there and I just need to actually look it back up and sign it back up. I guess they, yeah, they opened it up for every, it's almost like every Saturday or something. So we're, we'll yeah. probably be going there soon. Ooh. I have to remember that. I keep forgetting about that place, but I have to look it back up. Well, there we go. We can tell Meredith your boys are there and she can find them. And <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll have to put plan it on the same time. We'll have to put them on. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, awesome. Well, today uh, we are going to cover foot fungus, specifically <laughs> athletes. Yes. <laughs> the raging topic of... Raging topic, specifically <laughs> foot fungus, not to be confused with vaginal fungus. Yeah, we'll cover that we'll later. Cover 
in a later episode, but there's also toenail fungus and different things. I just wanted to divide it up because it can be a lot to cover. Um, So that's what we're going to dive into today. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, welcome back. So today we're going to cover one of the more common topics I will touch on with patients in the office. Sometimes they're coming in for something totally different than this, and I'll notice it during our exam, so I talk about it in this athlete's foot. Um, What is athlete's foot? So athlete's foot officially is known as tinea pedis, and it's a fungal infection that affects the feet commonly starting between the toes. Mm -hmm. It's the same type of fungus that causes ringworm or jockage, and it is more frequently present in male patients. Oh, why not? I don't know. I don't know if it's because they are like more often in work boots or working in environments where their feet are prone to being sweaty or wet. Um, But most of the, most of the stats quoted will say it's more common in men. Um, I don't know if I could say that that's the exact same occurrence that I would see in the office, but that's what's quoted uh, quoted in the literature. Um, so for a vast majority of people, they they don't even know that they have athlete's foot. So typically, if you read online or look it up, what are the symptoms? It's like really itchy feet, red, scaly. Sometimes there can be little blisters or what we'll call vesicles on the bottom of the feet. And then for other people, it's just like this dry, flaky, scaling skin that doesn't itch, doesn't cause them any problem. They don't even know. One of the key factors is we'll call it a moccasin distribution. And what that means is it's only on the bottom of your foot or on the surfaces of your feet that are in contact with the shoes. So very rarely will we see it on the top of the foot because it's just not in contact with the bottom of the shoes. It's really easily spread. So for instance, if you were to itch it or scratch it with your hands and then you touch um, your body or your face, you can get it in those places. So um, we're really cautious with that. And then another common place that it'll spread is it's the same fungus that also causes nail fungus. So Mm. if I'm seeing a patient and I'm evaluating for nail fungus, I'm also looking to see if they have any existing athlete's foot because we need to treat both of those. If we only treat one and not the other, then it's just going to cyclically return all of the time. Yeah. So if you treat one and not the other, then it's just going to come back to the other spot. Yeah. And then even more than that, once we start treating one, we have to treat all of the socks and shoes because if you treat the fungus and then you go back into the shoes that are harboring the fungus, it's going to start right back again. So when a part of my instructions after we talk about, well, what is it? Why are we going to treat it? is that you want to take all of your socks and you want to wash them on the hottest wash cycle you can and then dry them on the hottest dry cycle you can. Yeah. All of your shoes, like if they have liners that you can pull out, you want to pull those out and you open the shoes up as wide as you can and put them in a really dry, hot, sunny window and just let them completely dry. Um, There's sprays and powders that you can put in there to help as well, Mm -hmm. like Tamactin. Uh, but just the sun, the fungus likes dark, warm, moist environments. So if you can eradicate that kind of environment, we'll get rid of the fungal load. Anything like flip flops or clogs, shoes that you can wipe out with an antibacterial wipe, that works yeah. really well for that too. So is that why they recommend shower shoes 
in, yeah, like in yeah. places where you have a common area, I suppose. Any common areas like locker rooms, pool decks, um, sh- dorm showers. The, the bacteria can hang out in their bath mats. Even in your like home, if you share towels and someone washes their feet and dries their feet and then you dry another part of your body, you could transmit that. So you want to be really cautious about shared surfaces when there's an infected person around. But absolutely in gyms, um, we'll get a lot of like karate I don't even know what you call them. They're, I don't think they call it gym. They have a name for like their facility, but gymnastics places, karate yeah. places, anywhere where there's a lot of barefoot walking that we'll see patients with this. So you want to be really cautious in those environments. Um, a lot of times we'll get asked like about when someone should see a doctor if they think they have athlete's foot because there are a variety of over-the-counter treatments. And in general, if you're not diabetic and you're not immunocompromised, You can try one of the -the over-the-counter creams or ointments or gels, and you want to give it a try for about two weeks. If you're not seeing any improvement, you want to come in and have it evaluated, and we'll do a clinical exam. In some cases, we might send a skin sample or a skin scraping off to the lab just to confirm that it is fungus and not some other dermatological condition, like eczema or dermatitis. Um, and then we the, will base on treatment on that, whether we're doing additional topical treatments or sometimes even an oral medication. But most of the treatments have to be done then for about a month afterwards to get rid of it. Let's see. So we, you know, we kind of talk a little bit about some of these things, but what are the causes? Mm-hmm. So risk factors are being a male, <laughs> wearing damp socks or tight fitting shoes. So if you have a job and like Austin or hotter climates, sometimes these guys who are working, I always think like roadside workers or construction workers and they're outside and it's super hot. They might have to change their shoes, change their socks throughout their workday. So if you know that your socks are just like saturated, yeah. you want to get those socks off and get a fresh pair throughout the day so that you can decrease that moisture from sitting on your feet. Is it worse than people who are like sweaters, like their feet sweat? Yeah. So if they have hyperhidrosis, then they're going to be even more at risk for that. So you want to be careful. And then on the flip side, people who sweat a lot can get really bad blisters. There's a whole nother reason to switch out socks really frequently. Um, If you are, let's see. You're like, hey, stop. I'm going to have to take a take a break to go change out my socks. I know. Sometimes I usually say like lunch break is a really good time. Oh, so yeah. it's supposed to be like a, re- a good break for people yeah. um, to change their socks and shoes. <laughs> and then like we talked about, if you are in an area where there's like shared shared shower facilities or um, swimming pools or places where it's wet and damp, then you want to make sure that you're wearing shower shoes. Um, shoes that are just too tight. So if you're wearing shoes that are too tight and your feet are sweating inside of there, that can be another reason that fungus can occur there. Um, so, well, I guess my question is with the, like, say you have it. Mm-hmm. So what's the worst that can happen if you have it, but you just let it go untreated? Like you just don't care? Yeah. So I, that was exactly what I was going to talk about next. So oh, what? what's the big deal, right? A lot of people live with athlete's foot and nail fungus and it doesn't bother them. Like their, dry, their skin is dry. It's flaky. It doesn't itch. It's not causing any problems. And, and really, 
you can exist like that. Where we run into trouble will be if your skin gets really dry and it cracks and it bleeds or it creates an open portal for then a bacterial infection to get in. So a lot of patients admitted for cellulitis that can be tracked back to some kind of tinea infection or an athlete's foot where there's a crack in the skin and then a bacterial infection kind of overrides on top of that. So that's your reason for treating it. And we're more aggressive in this and people who are immunocompromised or a diabetic because obviously they suffer higher consequences from getting infections in their lower yeah. extremities. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then girls probably just don't like the way it looks, so they probably treat oh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's um, – Right away. <laughs> yeah. If you're someone who's barefoot a lot, you're probably going to notice it more. But in general, there there's certainly those who come in and they're like, oh, I had no idea. So <laughs> Was that Charlie? Oh, my gosh. You and I are both having the issues with our dogs during this recording right now. Because uh, my dog just busted in through the back door, and I oh, heard him come the in. dog. I'm like Charlie. <laughs> I know. I was like, you can hear. I don't know if you can hear it on this episode. I don't or not, think so. I didn't hear it. I could see you like. But I was like, I'm just gonna keep going. You know, there's like little like toes, like tap, 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 all around on the tile. And right. We just be like, like, well, our dogs are part of these recordings. The doors so. and. I was like, okay. And then my kid's coming in and I'm wrestling my kid away while you're talking. I was like, this will be, be a nice one. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We'll, we'll leave all this in there. Um, yeah, we'll have to keep all this in. It's totally a reality here, people. This is how this is how it goes when you're working on trying to record a podcast. <laughs> uh, so let's say, you know, a lot of times I'll get like, what can I do to prevent this from ever happening? And some people are so embarrassed. I'm like, don't be embarrassed. Fungus is literally everywhere. It is it is just prevalent. It exists. It's around. And you are, you know, your hygiene is not a sign of your hygiene if you have athlete's foot or fungus. It's just that it managed to overcome your immune system. And now you have this infection. We're going to treat it. And it's going to go away. And it's going to be fine. Um, so there's nothing to be embarrassed about. But If you want to go on the side of prevention, it's like making sure that you dry really well. So after you shower, dry really well in between your toes, Um, change your socks frequently if they get wet or sweaty. Um, If you know that you're someone who's prone to sweaty feet and you're going to be doing activity and it's maybe really hot outside, making sure you have really well ventilated shoes. So a lot of running shoes are pretty good. They're mesh and they're breathable. But every once in a while, we'll run into certain shoes that are like all rubber or vinyl. Um, Garden shoes are one that people will get it a lot because they just don't breathe very well. Um, And certain activities like cycling shoes and rock climbing shoes can be really tight. And so the tighter they are, the hotter your feet get, the more sweaty. Just kind of being cognizant of, of that. Um, alternating shoes. So if you know that you're someone whose feet sweat a lot and your shoes get really saturated throughout the day, maybe having two pairs of shoes. So one day you wear one, the other dries really well Uh, and you alternate every single day. Yeah. And then um, kind of no brainers, but like don't share socks and shoes. If someone, you know, has an athlete's foot infection and you don't want to get it. Uh, And then if you have are really prone to developing athlete's foot and you want to, um, you'll treat it and it goes away. And then you can use some of these topical sprays or powders on just a regular basis in your socks or shoes to keep it at bay from coming back. And that was what I was going to ask you. Are the -the over-the-counter products for this useful? Are they pretty good or? So they they are. You know, I think what happens is most people will use it 
first, not frequently enough. So generally it's a twice a day application and then you have to do it for about a month. So if, as I've encountered patients, most of them are like, oh, I tried it for like two weeks and it's not enough. Or they tried it and it kind of got better, but then they didn't know about washing the socks and airing out the shoes and everything else. So yeah. then it, then it comes back again. Until they hear our podcast and now they're going to know now they'll everything know. they need to know about how yeah. to prevent and fix it. And- there's actually so I know I've had a few patients that work um in like tire stores or auto mechanics and their feet just are that's their job, right? They're on their feet, it's hot, it's sweaty. And we do have some sprays in the office called Clean Sweep and it's super inexpensive, but it's a silver-based spray that you can treat your shoes with and the silver is activated when your feet get hot. And so it's a natural antibacterial. So the bottle treats like six to eight pairs of shoes and you can find this stuff in other places, but that's been a really positive change for me in having less recurrence for people is because we're treating the fungus and then we're treating the shoes and more than just airing it out, we're effectively treating it. I know some places will sell UV lights to put in uh, shoes. Yeah. That's just really, um, a really expensive way to do it. The bottle of spray is like 12 bucks or something. Yeah. No, the UV light sounds like it would work too. Cause it'd be hard to air it out. Like you said, to open it up. And I mean, can you imagine like cowboy boots or something around here? You can't do that. It, yeah, it doesn't work. So you need something to put inside there. So I'm sure Amazon has oodles of them and maybe I'll post some of it this week. Yeah. Just oh yeah, we can find probably find some on there, some products mm-hmm. to put on there. Yeah. So in general, like it's super common. It, I see it multiple times a day. It's fairly easy to treat in most individuals. Um, there's a lot of ways to avoid it and prevent it once it's gone. And then um, don't be embarrassed. We, it, we can handle it. Yay. Yep. <laughs> Athlete's foot 101. 101. Yep. 102 coming soon. Just kidding. Yeah. Nail fungus up next. Yeah. Oh, nail fungus. There we go. <laughs> all right. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. We have been loving all of the feedback and the questions that we get. Just keep them coming. Don't forget, if you want to leave a voice message, just go to the link at the bottom of the description in the episode. You may even hear your question or comment in the show. And remember to subscribe so you'll be the first to know every time we release a new episode. We're so grateful for all the downloads, rates, and reviews. These help to drive our podcast up in rankings and makes it easier for others to find us. Do you have an interesting idea or question that you want answered on the podcast? Send us an email at tits2toespodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at from tits to toes. And remember, and remember. <laughs> after eating all those Girl Scout cookies, um, keep your tits up and your toes down.